hey, Lurid listeners, welcome back to the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. Another episode for this October. It is Halloween, my favorite holiday of the year. I'm going to go ahead and throw in a story from Libidness Zombie Anthology. Um, it was an eight-author project that we published two years ago. Today's the second year anniversary, so it seemed appropriate. So here is Jade A. Waters and her story, The Lucky One. The Lucky One I wish I could properly explain how this happened. Not the mechanics, of course. That part is easy, and we're all adults here. But once I tell you, you'll have so many questions I don't have the answers for. It took a long time for me to accept this, even seeing it as clearly as I did, experiencing it firsthand. Consequence is consequence. I understand this better than anyone, and I have no regrets. But I can't be the only person who knows what happened that night, the one person alive who understands why there's still, and might well always be, a cold rush along my spine at the memory, and a knot that forms deep in my belly whenever I think about what was. And every time I look at her. It was after my third year at university, Rusty's fourth, that the fair came to town. We'd spent a hot summer day there, checking out the rides and wild sideshows, and stuffing our faces with warm, salty pretzels and fat-laden funnel cakes until both of us were exhausted and ready to go home. Rusty had been my best friend since we'd met my freshman year, but all day we'd leaned toward each other in that way we occasionally did. He'd even laced his fingers with mine as we neared the exit gate, giving me the suggestive look that hinted at the benefits we'd fallen into so easily over the years, any time both of us were single. But before we made it out of the fair, before we could escape what would happen later that night, Someone grabbed my wrist and spun me around. I should have jerked away, but I'd frozen at the sight of the man in front of me. He had these bizarre, red-rimmed pupils that swam in the middle of charcoal-colored eyes, and as he discreetly handed me a flyer and pointed at a huge black tent tucked behind all the others that I somehow hadn't noticed earlier, the deep undertow of his voice stopped my breath. I do hope you'll come back for this special night show, young lady. You're just the type we'd love to have there. I swear his grip on my wrist seeped into me, and the rings around his pupils almost appeared to spin. But Rusty yanked me back into motion and shot the man an irritated glance. After that, he'd mumbled about the guy being a total creep, and then we'd both laughed the whole thing off. But hours later, I found the flyer in my bag, and the paper felt alive in my hands, as if the slick, laminated surface was magnetized, and my iron-tipped fingers were drawn to it again 
and again. Rusty refused to go because of the outlandish ticket price, and then again when I suggested we sneak in. But I'd crawled into his lap and played light kisses over his mouth, certain I'd be able to convince him. Though Rusty had teased me about wielding my girl charm, when I stripped off my clothes, he held his tongue as I tugged off his pants and pushed him back for a little adventure. Rusty barely pulled out in time as we sweated against each other, cheek to cheek. And in the heat of our afterglow, I made my offer. Any act he wanted later that night, if, and only if, he snuck into the carnival with me. So, after dark, we found ourselves at the rear of the lot, our fingers weaved into the fence grate as we spied the darkened fairgrounds. I couldn't see much of anything save for the backs of tents and the motionless Ferris wheel towering high above. But the scent carrying on the breeze enticed me, rushing through my nose in this residual mix of crowds and sweat, greasy food and summer heat. There was something else there I couldn't place, though, and I clenched my fingers until the metal dug into the undersides of my knuckles. Ready? I whispered. You betcha, Rusty winked. Why do I get the feeling you just want to try anal? Hey, a deal's a deal, Claudia. He smiled as I rolled my eyes at him, but not a minute later, we'd clumsily scaled the fence and dropped down to the other side. We skittered along the inside of the perimeter in silence, passing one closed vending booth after another. We'd seen fortune tellers, jewelers and trinket sellers here earlier, each of them hawking their skills and wares against the backdrop of cheerful carnival music blaring throughout the lot. Now, these booths sat in eerie abandonment, surrounded by the hum of a new, unusual tune. Slow and sultry, with no lyrics or real rhythm, it broke goosebumps over my skin. It must have stalled me somewhat because Rusty startled me with a sharp whisper. You coming, chicken? Whatever. He chuckled and gestured to my right, where a big, dust-covered sign pointed for Game Alley. There, he said. Let's go, I said. We rushed over, both of us grinning as we caught up with the crowd and started milling about as though we, too, were paying customers. The music lulled us as we waited for the show, and the moon's dusky light bathed blackened game booths, quiet stalls, and stilled rides that crouched like shadowed monsters along our path. There were no children among us. The flyer though vague, had specifically mentioned they weren't allowed, and I wondered if the carnival had pulled off this after-hours night show because it was their last night in town. Hey, was this one here earlier? Rusty asked. He nodded toward the bright posters covering the fence beside us, each one promoting a different attraction. We'd seen the littlest man, 
the princess in the looking glass, the lion tamer, and the strongman twins. But the last poster, the one at the end of the row that Rusty pointed at, it wasn't familiar. It featured a man on a black, circular stage, his shirt open to reveal the rippled lines of his stomach tapering into a pair of jutting hips and skin-tight leather pants. Raggedy red script scrawled the name Sergei, and a couple taglines behind him, and between the thick shadow of his facial hair and the long, dark brown waves of his hair, he looked roguishly sexy. Rusty snorted, Sexy dancing wolfman, please. Do you think he's part of the night show? I murmured innocently, and Rusty poked me in the side. You're such a hornball. A crackle sounded behind us, and we both spun around to catch the bulbs that circled the Ferris wheel, popping with light, casting a new glow over the fairgrounds. The hairs stood up on the back of my neck as a low, haunting voice piped over the music, echoing in the burgeoning wind. Ladies and gentlemen, we hope you'll join us in the black tent right away. Our show is about to begin. Come on, I said. I took Rusty's hand and tugged him forward. When we got to the tent, the crowd was a jumble of whispers and shoves. There couldn't have been more than 50 people, but we moved in an excruciatingly slow line, and every time the wind howled, the sound of the zip cars swaying angrily on their heavy bolts above made all of us jump. The third time, Rusty looped his arms around mine and flashed me an undaunted smile, but the disturbing metallic noise still gave me the creeps. As we approached the entrance, I discovered what the holdup was. A tall, stoic man blocked the door, handing everyone a clipboard that they had to review before stepping inside. Do you think it's a waiver or something? I asked. I'd never had to sign anything to see a show before. Rusty shrugged. Maybe? When we reached the man, he dropped two clipboards in front of us without a peep, so we silently skimmed the papers. The show promised plenty of excitement, racy and lewd acts, and alleged danger even, but I snickered at the warning. The night show and its performers are not liable for any loss or damages that may arise within this tent. Guest hereby forfeits any right of action against the night show for events contained herein, or any of their resulting consequences. Welcome to the night show. No regrets. Resulting consequences? Wow, talk about an attempt to rev us up, I said. No kidding. Rusty snatched the pen from the usher's hand and signed, then passed it to me. A second later, we crossed through the curtains, a wave of intense heat blanketing us and made more suffocating by the misters projecting off the top of the tent. The aroma I'd caught at the fence came more pronounced here, musky and slightly sweet, but definitely pleasant. Rusty must have caught it too, because he asked, Are they pumping pheromones through here or what? The lights above flickered, signaling us to take our seats, 
and we hustled down the aisleway. A circular black stage surrounded by purple curtains swallowed the center of the tent. But with the small crowd, plenty of seats remained open, including two adjacent each other right in front. Rusty and I snagged the chairs, and once the lights went low, everyone fell into whispers. Ladies and gentlemen, the ringmaster slipped through the curtains and circled the rim of the stage. He removed his top hat and cast all of us a broad smile, and I sucked in a breath. He was the same man who'd given me the flyer, now more dashing in a pinstriped suit and aiming his stare at each of us in turn. When he met my eyes, he winked. The red rings around his pupils were as clear as they were earlier, eerily hypnotic and sending a warm wave through me that made me pitch forward to get closer. I wasn't alone either. Rusty sat up, and from the corner of my eye, I saw everyone in the tent tilt like flowers toward a glorious sun. Oh, what a lovely crowd we have tonight. The man's smile twisted. I'm Alistair, and I'm so glad to welcome you here. We have a spectacular show for you this evening, my friends, one we've been perfecting for a long, long time. It's filled with acts of wonder and magic, secrets and terror, things not meant for the light of day that you've surely never seen before. He reached out, clutching the air with his fist. Tonight, you'll see sights that will shake your mind, electrify your body, and pierce your very existence. A crash thundered through the speakers, and I gulped. You will be thrilled. You will be frightened. You will be. He swung his hips back and forth, the movement so provocative I bit my lip. Turned on. Of this, I'm sure. But enough introduction. It's time for me to lead you into our special world. He raised his chin with an incredibly leering gaze. Enter the Devil's Circus. Tinny music came whining through the speakers, and Alistair slid behind the curtains so abruptly it was as if he disappeared into the air. But as fast as he was gone, the curtains flew open to reveal three rings already in motion. To the left, an ancient-looking man walked a tightrope, balancing a long staff in his hands that seesawed between a tiny young woman and a growling, slashing leopard. In the middle ring, a horse running at breakneck speed carried a female rider balanced precariously in a handstand on its back. And in the adjacent ring, a rock of a man cracked a whip at a tutu-clad bear which growled and ran toward the audience so furiously we all gave a unanimous, terrified scream, until the whip drew it instantly back into a perilous battle of master and slave. The chaos continued for the next few minutes, and when the curtains fell shut, all of us cheered. 
Immediately, the curtains parted again. Alistair's voice sounded from the speakers when a hinged door opened in the middle of the center ring. Let's get a little darker, shall we? Up climbed a man clothed entirely in black vinyl, every inch of him covered save for his eyes and nose. Rusty whispered, Is that a kink outfit? And I slapped a hand over my mouth to stifle my laugh. The man reached back through the door and pulled up three fire rods and a pot of oil, which he placed at his feet. Then, with dramatic flair, he lit the rods and began to juggle. The lights flipped off, the darkness enhancing the blaze of fire swirling around his body, bringing a gasp from the audience. That's when things started to get strange. The man stopped the twirl of fire and slowly lifted one rod like a torch high above his head. Then he turned it upside down and raked it over his chest. He lit up like a fireball, his body bursting in huge crimson and orange flames. He didn't move, and the illusion was insane. Several gullible people in the audience screamed. But when I caught a whiff of burning flesh and melting vinyl, I recoiled in my seat. Was this for real? Tension filled the tent, people muttering, bodies squirming. But all of a sudden, the man on fire dropped through the trap door and left us in darkness. After the lights turned back on, the parade of images came furious and fast, stunning us one minute and calming us the next. There was the man wrapped in a python that appeared to squeeze him to death before the guy stood right up and walked off stage. Next, there was a woman sawing a man in half, leaving a puddle of fantastically realistic blood in the ring. Then there was the trio of women in corsets and thongs, making out in a wild frenzy, before two of them tied a noose on the third and pushed her off a chair. We saw a pair of men beat each other to unconsciousness, get dragged from the stage by a muscled old woman in a bikini, followed by a beautiful singing harpist whose tune was cut short by another woman strangling her into a silent heap on the floor. The harpist remained motionless for a long time, so long that Rusty took my hand and squeezed it. When she got up and curtsied, both of us exhaled. Rusty said, I guess they warned us it would terrify us, huh? But the show is gross. A new spotlight spilled over the right ring then, highlighting an angled bed with red satin sheets on which writhed a naked couple. Wow, Rusty said. Are they actually... My mouth dropped open. The woman straddled the man's hips, and she grinded on him with loud moans as she caressed her breasts, then sank her fingers down to the merging of their bodies. They went on like this for a bit, and when Rusty's hand slipped out of mine and onto my leg... I tore my eyes from the scene to meet his. My heart still throttled from the terror of the last few acts, 
But this one, sexy and blatant as it was, had twisted the anxiety into something far more pleasant. The woman let out an extremely satisfied cry, and both of us turned back. The man groaned and grabbed onto her sides, but she crawled away, leaving his cock hard and glistening under the stage lights as she dipped down out of sight behind the bed. Rusty slid his fingers against the seam of my jeans and desire dampened the space between my thighs. I crept my hand into his lap. He was hard, and when the woman rose from behind the bed, handcuffs clutched in her fists, Rusty's cock lurched under the rub of my hand. I hope this show is almost over, he said. It's giving me some good ideas. I blushed, but I kept my eyes locked on the show. The woman cuffed the man to the iron headboard of the bed, but then she did the strangest thing. She threw back her head and opened her mouth, bearing long, gleaming fangs. What the? She crouched and bit the man, her teeth tearing into his chest as he screamed. Rusty's hand fell away. He shot forward in his seat, and I did the same, my heart racing fast, too fast. The woman cackled and stood, blood dripping down the sides of her face and onto her breasts. The man kept screaming when she circled to take a chomp out of his leg. The gashes glowered red, and the blood streamed down her body. Surely this was another illusion. But when the woman to my left barreled for the door, running smack into the guy who'd had the clipboards, he didn't move aside. She vomited at his feet. Are they not letting her out? I asked, trembling. Everyone was freaking out. People started to rise. The woman on stage mounted the man, fucking him as blood poured everywhere, and the sounds of his terror fused with cries of undeniable pleasure. I pressed my hands to my cheeks. This couldn't be real, could it? When I looked at Rusty's pale face, the lights went out. Everyone screamed. All spellbinding illusions, my friends. No need to fear. Alistair's voice ripped through the tent as the stage lights blinded us. The bed was gone, as was the couple and the blood. The only thing there now was our disturbing ringmaster swooping across the stage to an upbeat carnival tune. He started to clap, and we all glanced about, equally uncertain. Slowly, though, a collective sigh filled the tent. People clapped, and beside me, Rusty shrugged. This is some crazy shit, he said. I calmed a little, but I couldn't shake the chill lingering just beneath my skin. Alistair startled me then. He walked to the curve of the stage directly in front of Rusty's and my seats, facing us as he gestured around. Are all of my friends all right? He asked. I stared, 
his movements striking me as both menacing and suave. Hmm, he said. Perhaps we've taken things a bit too far. Maybe we need to move on to our main event, something a bit more soothing. What do you think? Cheering filled the tent. Oh, good. Well, I can assure you, this next part is so sexy, folks. So amazing. And maybe, just maybe, one of you will even get lucky tonight. I was sure he looked straight at me. Will it be you? I shivered. Alistair smirked. Are you all ready? Several people shouted out. He raised his voice. <laughs> no, are you really ready? Yeah, we called. Whistles and cheers lifted and pleased. Alistair raised his fists. Very well, he said. And with the drop of his hands, the lights snapped off again. Footsteps scampered over the stage as Alistair said, Enjoy the wolf pack. A flood of color revealed a group of seven dancers evenly spaced in the center ring. Four men and three women, all with long, dark hair and faces tipped down to the floor. The women wore rhinestoned bustiers and tight leather trousers, and the men wore matching pants held on by jeweled suspenders stretched over their bare chests. The man in front gave a loud yip and centrally rolled his hips, which the dancers behind him mimicked as the music pouring through the speakers shifted into a pulsing techno beat. Oh my, I murmured. The apparent alpha of the troop raised his head, his stare so intense I clenched my knees together. With his thick fur and scruffy face, he was sexy yet wolfish. I recognized him from the poster outside, right as Rusty leaned toward my ear. Okay, this Sergei guy, I get it. Up close, he's hot as fuck. I totally won't be offended if you find a way to hook up with him after the show. I pinched his side. Oh, come on, fess up. You're completely turned on, aren't you? He asked. I giggled, but I had to admit, this main event was fantastic. Sergei's eyes did not leave me as the whole crew grinded to the music, and women and men howled from the audience. Each dancer was stunning, but Sergei had my rapt attention, his hips swaying as he slid his suspenders off his shoulders. All the gruesome sights from earlier slipped away as my breath caught in my throat. Yup, your silence speaks volumes. Shut up, I said. I squeezed Rusty's thigh. You can't honestly tell me these women aren't doing the same for you. As if hearing me, the most buxom of the women danced up next to Sergei and straddled one of his legs. He dipped her back, never taking his eyes off me, and Rusty gave a whistle when her breasts almost fell out of her bustier. Uh, she is. Holy crap. 
he whispered. Neither of us could speak for several minutes, our hands right back in each other's laps. The seven gorgeous dancers didn't move in the cheesy manner of a traditional strip show. They were so smooth and sensual, casting a spell over us with the rolls of their hips and the waves of their arms. The misters from above started cranking out a sweet-smelling liquid, cooling the rising heat. I swiped at a bead of sweat rolling down my cheek, surprised that what should have been such a ridiculous act was so clearly turning me on. But then, nothing in this show had been what it seemed. It kept swinging from one extreme to another so fast. Like that moment when the roller coaster is about to drop. A blend of excitement and, shit, get me off this ride. The music's tempo changed again, and the dancers cruised off the stage, each of them picking an audience member to dance with. The buxom woman headed straight for Rusty. I'd never seen him beam so bright. He shot me a delirious grin once she drew him up from his chair, and as I cheered in encouragement, she led him onto the stage. I couldn't stop giggling as she laid him down and crawled all over him, sniffing at his neck, his chest, and his crotch like the wolf woman she was supposed to be. The whole audience was hollering and cheering, and clothes actually started coming off, not just with the dancers and their respective partners, but from random people in the audience. It was like the heat in the tent had made everyone crazy. Or maybe it was the scent of the mist raining down on us. I glanced up, curious, but a hand slipped under my chin. Hi there, Sergei said. His warm fingers and husky voice sent a pulse up my spine. I swallowed hard, because this close, I smelled on him what I'd noted earlier, but stronger. It was the scent of man, of sex, of desire. I was fangirling hard. What's your name? He asked. Claudia, I whispered. Sergei straddled my knees, and the roller coaster began again, trapping me between arousal and shock. The most delicious smile crossed his lips as he dragged his fingertips over his hips, then trailed them to the button of his leather pants and snapped them open. I heard a groan from the stage and looked past Sergei's pelvis, spotting Rusty fully naked with the woman grinding all over him. Sergei steered my gaze back to him with the grasp he still had on my chin, and then he bent down so his face lined up with mine. I wouldn't worry about him, Claudia. I tried to breathe, and he continued. You're a pretty little thing, aren't you? He slid his hand into my hair, tugging it slightly, bringing a moan to my lips. When I cocked my head, he flashed his smile again, and all I knew right then was him. I've told you, I wish I could explain all this better. The way, out of nowhere, his body made me ache. 
or how the look in his eyes grabbed a hold of me, yanking something up from inside. Sergei leaned closer, tipping his lips towards mine, and my heart thumped in my chest. May I kiss you, Claudia? he asked. That voice filled my head, swam in my thoughts, consumed every logical answer, and left me with the one I muttered then. Yes. Sergei ran his fingers down my neck and pressed his mouth to mine. Our kiss was deep and so hot, our lips parting wide as our tongues tangled. I gasped when he slipped his hand down and cupped my breast, but when he lifted me out of my chair, I fell into him, feeling the steel of his chest and the hardness of his cock through his pants. He scooped me into his arms, and I didn't even protest, letting him carry me onto the stage, not ten feet from Rusty and the other dancer, where they fucked hard and loud. It was strange to see Rusty like that, but my nipples tightened at the view, at the sounds, before Sergei laid me down and kissed me again. His hands ripped open my shirt. I touched his face as he gazed into my eyes, and tingles shot through my arms and legs. I wanted him like I'd never wanted anyone in my life. This isn't a strip show, I murmured. Sergei slid his hands between my thighs. He strummed me through the fabric, his words hot against my face. This isn't a strip show. No. Much, much better. He bit my nipples through my bra as he unfastened my jeans, then yanked my pants and underwear down. I spotted the unruly hair his unbuttoned pants exposed no underwear shielding him beneath the leather. A cry burst from my lips when Sergei pushed his fingers inside me, growling this hearty, deep groan when he found me already wet and swollen. I arched, unable to move, unable to breathe, startled by the unbelievable speed of his fingers as he filled me up. He bent to nip at my neck and his teeth seemed sharper than minutes before, so I squirmed, but his fingers plunged deeper, harder, making me drift away in a wash of pleasure that numbed my face. Sergei moved over me and shoved forward, his pants sinking low on his hips, his barely covered cock grinding against me as he braced himself with hands on either side of my head. I'm going to fuck you now, Claudia. Sergei wrestled his pants down over his ass, and his cock rubbed along my folds, seeking entrance, daring me to roll my hips with a desperate moan. There were so many moans just like mine, filling the tent, filling my ears, creating beautiful music as Sergei drove inside, shaking the entire length of my body. 
His fingers clawed down my chest, and I cried out, for they nearly cut into my skin. But Sergei pumped again, his girth spreading a tremor through me before the lights went out. Thank you for joining us, my dears. Now, for the real show to begin. Alistair's voice rang in my ears, distracting and off, uncomfortable with Sergei inside me. Despite the sweep of his hands up and down my torso and the bites he took at my neck, I shivered. The top of the tent dropped away, revealing a bright moon that streamed its whiteness over all of us. Sergei stilled, and in that moment, so did everyone else in the tent, dancers and audience members alike. Because everything changed right then. Sergei's mouth stayed tucked by my ear as he began to shake. He pushed so forcefully inside, I screamed out in surprise. And a horrible, bone-crunching noise came from his arms and back, making me shrink into the floor and sending a chill out to the tips of my fingers. What the fuck is happening? I whispered. Sergei kept his head bowed, distracting me with another thrust that rocked me so deeply, even though his jerky movements should have given me pause. He curled his fingers around my shoulders, and I squinted, trembling at the sight of black hair I hadn't noticed on them before, and a thick dusting of it that traced a path up his arms and over the chest that, moments ago, had been perfectly smooth. His gasps came in bursts of what seemed like pain, his body moving in weird, convulsive ways, but his thrusts grew hungrier, wilder, and my body swelled with pleasure. At the same time, fear trickled through my veins. Claudia. Sergei's voice was huskier, unnatural. He lifted his head, no longer the man he'd been on stage, or when he'd buried himself inside me. He was the same, but different. His cheeks and forehead were speckled with fur, and his green eyes narrowed, glowing like emeralds that wouldn't let me look away. I shrieked, but Sergei countered my urge to scurry away with deep, impossible thrusts that made me arch my hips and spread my legs wider. But that couldn't be right. None of this was right. I bit back the scream tearing through me as fur rubbed on my breasts and hairy fingers clawed my sides with a pressure both terrifying and electric. I thought I cried in fear, but when it came out, the sound in my ears was pure, unrestrained need. I tell you, I tried to wriggle away, that the screams mixing with moans of elation around me in that tent terrified my soul. That when Sergei gripped me painfully with fingers ending in pointed nails 
and his spastic breath hit my face before his inhuman voice called my name again. I tore myself from his grasp. But none of that is true. Terror and pleasure whipped through my belly, and Sergei's cock grew larger, fuller, stretching me as his teeth broke the skin of my neck and the flesh of my breasts. My blood curdled with horror as easily as the pleasure made me succumb. This creature burrowing inside me, lifting me with every thrust. I couldn't feel my limbs, couldn't hear my voice, couldn't see anything in the moonlight but Sergei, fucking me with rabid pants that made my body recoil and dance. Until I came. Sergei didn't stop as my cunt spasmed around him and I thrashed about. He thrust and thrust again, tilting back his head, howling with the other dancers in a piercing chorus. My head spun. I smelled blood. Alistair's laugh pumped through the speakers, and I heard the shrieks of others, clothes ripping, flesh tearing, all of us writhing in unnatural yet blissful ways. Sergei lifted my hands around his neck as my body slowed, and I stroked the fur along his back. When I moaned, he drove so hard inside, I thought I might split apart. Above us, at the tip of the tent, dark clouds wafted over the moon, and everything went black. I'd woken to the sun above, its light so blinding, I rolled onto my side with a painful groan. Everything had ached, my torso was sore, my limbs weak. I'd struggled to my knees, my head foggy as I peered over tattered, bloodied clothes and the bruises and bite marks lining my arms. I was alone in that dusty field, and when I gazed around, there was not a trace of the fair's existence. I strained to remember, but the memories came, broken and dark. Clothes flying, people fucking, screams of pleasure and pain. Then the image of Rusty dragged away by a beautiful, naked brunette, his body too weak to fight. There was blood. Of this I'd been sure. And he, like the others, was nowhere to be found. What frightened me the most, as I pulled myself up from the ground, though, and even now remembering, was the hot slickness of my cunt before the tears filled my eyes. They'd dripped down my face and to the dirt, where I'd found the poster mostly buried beside me. I snatched it up and clutched it to my breast as I limped out of the desolate dirt field. But somewhere within, I knew it wouldn't be enough to convince anyone of what I'd seen or what had happened to everyone. Everyone except me.
Deirdre's calm tonight, which is a rare thing. She sits on her bed, playing with her toys, a low, steady rumble coming from her throat. I have yet to hear her speak, which I had hoped would happen years before now, just as I'd hoped that she was Rusty's when she came screaming into the world. I wonder about him sometimes, of how he would have turned out. I imagine the credential ceremony he never had, the life he would have led, whether or not we would have remained friends after I shared the pregnancy with him. Friends are hard to come by with things as they are, so when he crosses my mind, I miss him more than anything. She starts tearing the hair out of one of her dolls, and the rumble in her throat turns into a half-growl that always brings a shiver to my arms. Behind her, the poster hangs, scratched from all the times she's traced her fingers wistfully over the image and over the tagline I'd misunderstood until months later. Will you be the lucky one? She throws the doll to the floor, and I wish I knew how to ease her ache. Deirdre, I say. She jerks up her head. She's got his eyes. They're narrow and bright, and they watch me closely as I walk to the window and sit in the chair. Slowly, she clambers off the bed. Her rumble doesn't cease when she crawls into my lap, her nails digging into my thighs slightly as I begin to braid her hair. Together, we watch the moon. you guys that was jade a waters story the lucky one as featured in a libidinous zombie the erotic horror collection that i put together two years ago the book is available right now it's also in audiobook if you're interested to get more stories just like jade's go to audible or amazon and pick whichever format you like best um hey have a happy fucking halloween love you guys and we'll see you soon The KMQ would like to thank the following musical artists. Three Chain Links, Kai Engel, Rui, Michette, Portrayal, and the feature credit music by Michette. Stupid fish. His girth spreading a tremor through me before the lights went out.